Hey friends, you're listening to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry, a place where you can discover your purpose, your passion, and a place to get tips to get zest for your life back. Keep listening. Every Monday and Thursday, new uploads and tons of laughs right here. Hey everybody, welcome to Whole Heart. This is Monica C. Guidry. I said, hey everybody. No, that is not what I say. Hello friends. Welcome to Whole Heart. (laughs) This is Monica C. Guidry, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in. I had to correct myself because you guys are my friends. It feels like you guys are our friends and family from, from distance and near. So thank you again for tuning in. Last week was amazing. We had Dr. Celeste Holbrook on, and she kind of uh, filled us in on Lola Bito, you know, where she come from, um, her story, kind of laid the foundation there. And today it's going to be even more laying foundation, but some good stuff. And before we get into it, you know, I have to remind you that I have these guided affirmation journals for you that are available on my website. So you want to make sure you lock into it. Let me let me show you guys, for those of you who um, can see who you're watching on YouTube. So give me one second. Okay. I remember we're family here. So, you know, all that fumbling around, it's okay because you're in here family's house. So this is the guided affirmation journal. It's seven days. And I am so sure that once you start reading it, it will become a part of who you are and you'll start believing those things and start living a more elevated, more joyful life. That's what it's all about. All right. So now that I've laid the groundwork, we're going to get straight into it with Dr. Celeste Holbrook. Thank you for being here again this week. How are you? I'm so well, Monica. It's so lovely to see you again. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. I love this. It's lovely to see you too. You look amazing. You're all glowy and stuff. Just fresh off of a workout. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I wish I looked like that after workouts. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm I don't know. Testimony. <laughs> okay. So, so what are we going to be talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So what are we going to be talking about today, Celeste? Well, I think that it's really important for us to have better conversations around arousal and libido. So um, this is one of the things that I talk to clients a lot in the practice. And, you know, we're pretty good about in our society about talking about 10 tips to make his toes squirrel or scream or whatever it is. Right. (laughs) But sometimes we're not real good about talking about the kind of the mundane stuff that happens in our sex life that happens to all of us in our sex life, me included. I'm a sexologist. Right. So, um, I think it's important to talk about things like low libido and low arousal. That's so good. And I remember last week when you were talking to us, you, you mentioned that low libido has, has to do with your mind. Mm-hmm. So if you're concentrating on things uh, like laundry or dishes or the to-dos, right. it's hard for you to like really focus, right? Yes, absolutely. So I like to say that, and this is a generalization between men and women. So just know this is a generalization that I'm making stereotypically, but in general, women um, are a lot like pancakes and men are a lot like waffles. Um, so men tend to be able to compartmentalize better. So if you were going to put syrup on a waffle, you could like pick and choose which, you know, (laughs) square you wanted to put it in. So for men, it's like, I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm focused on work. I'm having sex. I'm focused on sex. I'm golfing. I'm focusing on golfing with the kids. I'm focused on the kids. Right. Which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, 
and women tend to be a little bit more like pancakes where you put syrup on and it kind of is like going everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm thinking I'm having sex, but I'm also thinking about the kids. And I'm also thinking about this conversation I had. And I'm also worried about this other thing. And um, things get uh, convoluted or, or, or all mushed together. But that makes us really good at things like managing children while also making a meal and doing work contracts while also listening on the phone, right? Um, so Remote learning while also taking care of a 15-month-old. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they both have good qualities in sex. It's a little bit easier to be a compartmentalizer um, because you can really experience just sex, which is what we really want. So um, just knowing that as a female, like, it's, it's probably just harder for you in general because you are good at thinking about a lot of things at once. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't, it's not very helpful when you get into the bedroom and it's like, I can't get there. Like it's, right. it's taken a lot to rev it up, you know? So yes. what would you say, what, how, guide us through the process of, you kind of talked a little bit about it last week, but this week kind of guide us through the process of, you know, getting out of our heads and mm-hmm. so that we can like, get into the moment and, and enjoy the moment. Yeah. So like you mentioned earlier, Monica, responsibility is the biggest killer of arousal. So any way that you can just from the beginning of the week or the beginning of the day, figure out how to ask for help Mm -hmm. or um, take downtime for yourself Um, I think it's really hilarious how we consider showers like a a beautiful act of self-care. Like that is the bare minimum, my friend. (laughs) You know, like you should be able to take a shower. That shouldn't be like self-care. That is just (laughs) care. (laughs) It is. It is, right? So from the beginning of the week, from the beginning of the day, figuring out how you can offload some of those responsibilities. Can your kids load the dishwasher? Can your partner figure out a way to make a meal or, you know, all of those things, figure out how to do that so that you can open up space Mm -hmm. for eroticism because really eroticism and arousal, um, appear when there's space to do so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the beginning of it is just, asking for help <laughs> and, it, and it seems so simple like you know when you put it like that it's like well yeah yeah, yeah offloading is a, is a great term like yeah. let's let's lay some of this stuff I don't have to carry all of this stuff let's let's get some help in here so I can free my mind free my hands mm-hmm. to you know for to receive to receive whatever mm-hmm. that is for the moment that we are in so that I can be present it's yes. so good so yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, lots of times I'll say like uh, the very best sex toy that you can buy is a vacuum and watching your partner vacuum like gets you going better than anything else, right? Right. Especially if your love language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's probably going to really rev you up right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. So everything that happens between orgasms is part of foreplay, right? Okay. Like everything that happens in, in your relationship is either going to lead you toward vulnerability vulnerability and connection or away from vulnerability and connection in your sex life. So really as partners, you know, think about how you're moving towards or away from a beautiful sexual experience. And if you are going to take responsibility for your own arousal, which we all should take responsibility Mm -hmm. for your own arousal, Mm. ask for help. Say like, this is what I need to be able to show up in our sex life authentically. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, you meant you hit something, you said something about being vulnerable and we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this last week too. Like you have to be able to be vulnerable with your spouse or your significant mm-hmm. other. And, and if you cannot be, then that's a problem in itself Yeah. because you have to be vulnerable to be able to tell your significant other right. what it is you need. Right. Being vulnerable is, is very much a strength. Like you have to be pretty confident to be able to say like, Hey, I don't like being touched there. Can you touch me in a different spot or different way or different rhythm? Um, and when you can start doing that in this very organic raw space, I mean, you're, you're literally naked with somebody. There's no pretense. There's nothing there. Um, you can, you can start to see that grow roots in other areas of your life. Like if you can ask for what you want and need in your sex life, you can ask for a raise at work, <laughs> you know? Right. That's yeah. so That's so good. Um, back to the point of, you know, the, the whole being present and you're responsible for your own arousal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole key of like saying, Hey, I need you to help me with yes. this. I need you yes. to help me unload this. Now, now, as far as um, when you're in the moment and you start getting flooded with all of these thoughts, like how do you get back to, you know, being present? I know you talked about it a little bit last week about the, the you mentioned like a leaf, you know, yeah. recognizing that they're not the leaf blow away into the river, you know. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you keep bouncing yeah. back and forth? Because it's not always easy to just, okay. I'm just going to let that go. How, how? Yeah, it's not always easy. Um, So I would back up just a a bit and think about creating an environment first. And we talked about this a little bit, but um, create an environment first in your, wherever you typically have sex, probably in your bedroom, create an environment that helps you stay in the moment. So if it doesn't help you feel dreamy or sexy, it does not belong in your bedroom. Ooh, Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a rule. We have a rule in my house. Like there are no televisions in the room, in the bedroom. No Thumbs TV. up. Yes. No TV. Yes. And every now and every, every now and again, we'll like get on each other. Like when we have our phones and we're like, put your yeah. phone down. You know, this is not a place for electronics. This is a place for relaxation mm-hmm. and intimacy. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, you can literally, I totally agree. And I love that you do that. And clients hate it when I ask them to take their televisions out of their bedroom, but it really does. I mean, think about if you you could watch one show or you could have a sexual experience, you know, like, um, (laughs) like there, there, you have time, (laughs) you have time to watch. Um, but it really is about helping you stay in that mind frame because you can just, I mean, literally what you're doing is like Pavlov dogs teaching yourself. Like when you enter into this space, it is sacred for sleep and for sex. Right. And so you can teach yourself like, Oh, once I go through this threshold, I am lighter. I am playful. I am at ease. Um, and it's just easier to get into a sexual scenario and stay in it when you have the that feeling. That's the key word to stay in it. I like that. Making your environment conducive for the experience that you want to have. Yeah. Almost like, almost like a, this is, and this is actually a really good idea to create a space that's tranquil or to, oh, to yes. give way to that. 
I like that. I like take notes, ladies. Yes. Set up your space. (laughs) Yes. I do more of this in my practice than you would ever even imagine. I've taught Mm. people how to like kennel their dogs um, and make sure they're not on their bed because that interferes with sex. Like it really is a practical thing, you know, Um, maybe you have to take the pictures of your kiddos outside or maybe... Yeah, co-sleeping is one of those things. It's hard. It's hard, right? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it really is. So, I mean, you're not alone, ladies. I mean, if you're listening in and, you know, that's an issue for you. I mean, when you think of low libido, you feel like, oh my God, there must be something chemically wrong, you know, all of these things. But that's not the way that you're breaking it down, Celeste. It's it's really all mental. I mean, it's mental and chemical kind of going coincide. But this particular thing is not. Right. When we're when we're speaking of low libido, it's all mental. Mm-hmm. And so basically getting out of your head, getting out of your own way and mm-hmm. and and allowing yourselves to say or allowing giving yourself permission to not have mm-hmm. to do it all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kindle the dog, no co-sleeping, um, yeah. <laughs> set your space. These are all really good Take things. Take the pictures of your mother-in-law out. Um, <laughs> right. But I mean, it's really so simple, but it... It makes sense. It does. It does. Um, The other thing too is understanding really that we typically think of libido and arousal on a male scale. Mm. (laughs) So, so be like, notice that just because you have a lower libido than your partner doesn't mean that yours is low. Like, right. We don't say men have hyper libido. We say women have low libido right? because we judge libido on a male scale. (laughs) So good. You know, um, I was always told that when you hit your forties, you know, your libido is going to like skyrocket. It's going to like be through the roof. Does age have anything to do with that? We do, we do see that patterning as sexologists. We do see that. We think that it's because women in their 40s give less SHITs. <laughs> I mean, like you're just more comfortable in your body. You're more comfortable asking for what you want. And um, your kids are typically a little older. Um, and so you don't have as many of those intense responsibilities. Yeah. So yeah, it could be a little bit of hormonal, but but I'm a behaviorist, so I'm going to talk about like how you are interacting with the world behaviorally. No, so I talk a little, just so you don't have to go into grave detail, but what about that? What behaviorally? Well, so a lot of people will come into the practice and say, I feel like I have low libido or I feel like I have low testosterone and I feel like I need to get my hormones checked. And that may all be fine and good, but let's start behaviorally because um, a lot of times it's not just about tweaking your hormones. Sometimes it is, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times it's about what can we do behaviorally or in your relationship or in your bedroom to help things feel more accessible to you. So good. Now, um, when we talk about now, did you say that arousal and low libido is this intertwined? Is this the same? Um, yeah, people use them the same. Um, uh, I like to use the term arousal because it is um, a little bit more specific to getting sexually aroused. Libido um, tends to think, or we tend to think of libido as desire for sex, and desire and arousal are a little bit different. Like mm. you can have desire for sex, but not necessarily be aroused. Um, so they're a little bit different. Um, and so we kind of mix them up when really we should be saying, I have desire for sex, but I don't really feel aroused for sex. Like I wish 
I wanted sex, but I just don't feel aroused for sex. So in those moments, give yourself some time to get aroused, like start sexual behavior and see if the arousal shows up, which a lot of times it does. So now just because we don't want to give too much away for next week, but as far as that, like, how do you test that out or in your term? Yeah. So there's a difference between responsive and spontaneous arousal. And so if you find that you never really out of the blue want to have sex, like you're just not sitting at a baseball game and think like, hmm, I wish I was having sex right now. (laughs) But if you do get into a sexual scenario with your partner and things start, you start to make out and kiss and, and then like you start feeling, oh yeah, this is the thing that I like. I want to do this. You probably experience responsive arousal, which just means that sex has to begin um, or sexual behavior has to begin before your arousal shows up. And there's nothing wrong with that. I was just about to say like, is that something wrong? You know, mm-hmm. because I'm trying to think of a time. Has there ever been a time where I'm like, literally it's like a random mm-hmm. thought like, Hmm. I don't, I don't know if I can think of the time, maybe when I was younger, like yeah. maybe, you know, like early, like twenties mm-hmm. probably, but nothing as an adult. I and mean, it's probably because of the responsibilities, like maybe, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how. Yeah. We, and if you think going. biologically or, or evolutionarily, <laughs> uh-huh. um, like we as women would need to protect getting pregnant more than like, like a man would need to impregnate as many people as they could like, like think evolutionarily. Right. I get it. Yes. Um, And so we're a little bit more protective of who we would consider having sex with. And so it might be that we just are a little bit more protected until we see that that person's safe and we're engaging with them in a sexual way. And then our arousal starts to show up and there's just nothing wrong with that. But we only see on movies, spontaneous arousal, like a more male version of arousal where like, I would feel like having sex. So we go and we, you know, we're going to have sex in the on-call room and Grey's Anatomy and all this, <laughs> right. you know, and that's just not the way that a lot of us experience. And I'm like, is there, I mean, there probably are women out there that are just yeah. wired like that. They're like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I know next week we talked a little bit pre-show about what to expect for the following week. So next week we'll dive, you'll dive a little bit more into how to get, aroused and what what are some other things we can look forward to? Yeah. We'll talk about some like actual tips and tricks and techniques and body moves to um, really understand about yourself to help you get aroused and to help you have sex that feels really good to you, to help you communicate with your partner about what you like and what you don't like and give you some real tangible ways to make your sex life more connective and more intimate. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Celeste, for being here. You're amazing. You're a good <laughs> friend of mine. Yay. Um, I, I got your email. I signed up for your, you know, when I was doing your calendar. Or cal- oh, oh, yeah. The, the calendar thing. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I automatically got the, the, the email from you. And I'm like, I like her, you know. <laughs> You know, in the email, it's so, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you weren't able to listen in last week, there is, on her website, you're able to download a list of questions to kind of, you want to tell them, the listeners about that? Yes, absolutely. Go to my website, drcelesteholbrook.com, and you can download um, a list of questions 
that you can use as a platform for discussion about sex with your partner so that you can make sex better. So the better you can talk about sex, the better sex is going to be. Absolutely. So go check it out. Absolutely. And you can get on my newsletter list. Yes. <laughs> get all my funny stuff. And it's, and it's not spam or anything. It was really information that I, I wanted to receive. So Good. yes, so it's great, guys. So make sure you sign up for that. Um, speaking of signing up, um, make sure that you go to my website. I have another five-day pursuing passion challenge coming up at the end of the month. And also make sure that you sign up on um, and subscribe because I have um, my calendar now open for 15 minutes of power. And that's kind of get you guys some clarity on maybe some lost streams or if you want to just talk to someone about you may be launching a new venture, whatever it is, make sure you just get on my website, monicacgidry.com, and we can kind of like point you in the right direction. Yeah, Thank it. you again for Doc, Dr. Celeste for being here. Awesome. You're so welcome, Monica. Go Bucks. <laughs> you know what? In my house, and I hope I don't lose, you know, the subscribers, but in my house, my, my husband's from Louisiana, so he's a, he's a, he's a tiger. Like, he's all day long LSU, so. Uh-oh. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, you know what I yeah, I'm like rooting for home team, mm-hmm. Tigers, both. Yes, but um, right. thanks again for coming. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Yeah. And um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry. As always, a whole heart is a joy, full heart, a heart that's full of joy. And we're trying to pursue that one day at a time. Until then, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.